welcome to livealittlehigher.com. The parashabot begins with, And God said to Moses, Come to Paro, for I have hardened his heart and the hearts of his servants, in order that I might show my signs in their midst. So why does it say, Come to Paro? This is a $1 million question that is asked every year in this parasha. It's a famous one. There's a few interpretations about them, but I want to give the Rebbe's uh, look on it. And, uh, and the question is that he should have said, go to Paro, not come to Paro. But God brought Moses into a chamber, within a chamber. This is in the Zohar. And he brought him to the supernal and mighty serpent from which many levels evolve, which Moses feared to approach himself. So this serpent really is the personification of evil. And, uh, and Pharaoh was evil. This is what he was. So among the 54 parashiots in our Torah, the sections of the Torah, the, several stand out for their milestones. Uh, we see that in Bereshit, for example, we recount the creation of the world, uh, the creation of man, how God took Adam out of Gan Eden and he put him in the, in the he, he banished him from the garden and he was exiled. And then we see in Lech Lecha how Abraham Avinu brings monotheism to the world. And then we see Yitro, which is in the next two parashas, in which the revelation of, of God is given to us at Mount Sinai with the giving of the Torah. And we see that at least of, of pivotal parashiot would certainly include parashabo, which tells the exodus of the Jewish people. So this is a very important parasha because this at the end of this parasha is when the pe Jewish people leave Egypt. And the exodus marked our birth as a, as, a, as a nation. And we are enjoyed to remember the day that you went out of Egypt. Like every day in our prayers, we are reminded that we left Egypt all the days of our lives. We're commanded to remember this. Indeed, when God revealed himself to us at Sinai, he didn't say to us, I am God, your God that created the world or created you or made the mountains for you or gave you the land of Israel. This is not the first commandment. The first, uh, the first commandment is I am God, your God that took you out of Egypt. So we are we, this is a fundamental principle of Judaism, and it's something very important that we need to remember every day. And it really, not only we remember this, but it really defines our relationship with God. Uh, in its essence, it's a, it's a relationship of, um, of understanding that, we, that Hashem is with us in every moment of our lives. And, and this is, I've heard it from, from other rabbis, they're saying that our relationship with God has to be understood as a relationship of a giver of, of the blessings. That every time that we pray, we, have a, we say Baruch, Hata, Hashem, blessed are you God, is, this is a God of blessings. This is a God that's continuously taking care of us and, and giving us blessings. So, so it says here, that, that not only uh, he made us free beings, he gave us the ability to be able to choose between right and wrong. He, he gave us this freedom uh, 
but he also imbued in us part of his infinity, which we can come to connect to when we learn Torah and we do mitzvot. And this is the way in which we can transcend the constraints of the world, of the material world, and the limits of our own natural uh, nature. So the name Bo means to come, and this name derives from our parasha opening verse in which God instructs Moses to come to Paro, as I said before, and to warn him about the eighth plague, which is the plague of locusts. This is the parasha in which the last three plagues are inflicted into the people of Egypt, which is locusts, uh, darkness, and um, the death of the firstborn, and to once again deliver the, the divine demand that the ruler of Egypt should set the Jewish people free. So the Torah considers the name of a thing to be an articulation of its essence, and certainly such is the case with the Torah, with this Torah's name, because the name of, of this Torah portion uh, in particular uh, narrate, narra, narrates the, 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 our, our encounter with fear. So this is uh, when Hashem is saying to Moshe, come to Pharaoh, what he's saying is like, come to your fears, go directly to the source, to the, to the source of evil, of Pharaoh. And one would therefore expect the section of Exodus to be called Exodus Freedom, or some other name that expresses the significance of the defining event of this parasha, which is that the Jewish people were able to live uh, after 210 years of slavery, finally they were able to leave Egypt. But instead, it derives its name from Moses coming to Pharaoh, and an, an event that seems but a preliminary, preliminary to the Exodus. Indeed, the concept of the leader of Israel coming to Pharaoh's palace to petition him to let the Jewish people go implies that the Jews are still subservient to Egypt and its ruler and since the very antithesis of Exodus. So the phrase, come to Paro, also evokes much, much discussion in the commentaries. Why does God tell Moses to come to Paro? instead of saying, go to Pharaoh. So the Zohar explains that Moses feared come confronting to Pharaoh inside his palace. He had met him many times before outside of the palace, by the, the Nile River, in the fields. All the time that he went to see Pharaoh, he was not inside his palace. This time, God says, come to Pharaoh. So what it meant is go to his inner chamber, go to him, his most private place. And uh, so God not only told uh, Moses to go and, and see a Pharaoh in this way, but also promised Moses that he himself would go with him. So the word come is thus to be understood in the sense of come with me. God is saying to Moses, come with me to Pharaoh. But the Sohar goes on to say that Moses is being invited, uh, invited by God to meet with the innermost essence of, um, of the ruler of Egypt, which was uh, his, his evilness. Go to that, that most inner place in this Pharaoh. And, um, and we see from here that come to Pharaoh 
uh, in, in a certain sense, the Zohar is teaching us that what it's saying is go into him. Go into him. You know that saying that says uh, don't run away from your fears, look at them in the face? This is basically what it, what it was. Like don't run away from, from, from what you fear, just go into the fear. And once you understand what the real nature of that fear is, then you're going to be able to be released. So Moses had to enter into the core of Pharaoh, into the very root of his power. So the prophet Ezekiel describes Pharaoh as the greatest serpent who couches in the midst of the streams, who says, my river is my own and I have made myself. So in other words, the evil of Pharaoh is not defined by his promiscuity, by the, by the pagan cults he, he, he enforced, by the enslavement of the Jewish people, by him bathing in the baby's blood. Uh, although all this is horrendous, this is not what is actually the root evil of Pharaoh. Uh, the, the root evil of Pharaoh was that he thought he was a god. And because he thought he was a god, he was able to do all this. The, the, the rest came after that. So what the, 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 the Zohar teaches us, and this, this Pasuk by Ezekiel, is that his egocentrism is, um, is the root of all evil. That to be a self-centered human being, a person that doesn't care about anybody else, a person that's only thinking about himself and glorifies himself and looks at himself as a, as a god, is eventually gonna come to do the greatest evils. Because this is the source and the essence, essence of them all. So ultimately, every good deed is an act of self-abnegation. When you do something kind, you're taking away from yourself to give to someone else. For example, when you give tzedakah, and, and Hashem says in the Torah that you're, you're, you're commanded to give at least 10% of your earnings, 10 to 25 max. The 10%, you're taking away from your livelihood. Some people, for them to give 10%, is, it means I, I, I don't have enough money to buy new shoes for my kids this month. You know, it's very hard. It's really, that's why it says this is the only mitzvah that you can test God with because you're really taking a, from your life. It's, it's like you're, you, you sweat so much to earn a living, you suffer so much to make a living that you're taking from your life, you're giving to someone else. So when a person does a good deed, for example, I'm giving this example of tzedakah that you earn this month, I don't know, $5,000 and you're giving $500 of that earning away to a, to a poor person or an institution or whatever you're giving to, you're really uh, abnegating yourself. You're taking away from yourself to give to someone else. So this is the opposite from a self-serving human being, which doesn't give anything of, him, of himself. So, um, so it says here, that uh, there is something greater than myself to which I'm committed. When a person is giving of himself to others, he's volunteering his time, he's, uh, he's, um, he's giving tzedakah, he's uh, visiting sick people, he's taking away from his time, from his day to do for others, then it's something that is greater than himself. So he's not so self-centered, he's not thinking about himself at all. But when a person violates the divine will, when a person goes against what Hashem wants you to do, it can be a very minor transgression or it can be the most heinous of crimes, 
what he's really saying is my river is my own and I have made myself. I'm the true leader of the world. I am a God. So good is what is good to me. Evil is what is contrary to my will. I am the master of my reality. I am God. So, so is the ego evil? The question here is, is our being having an ego an evil thing? And the Rev explains that the ego is something that is a, a fundamental component of our soul. We have a, a godly soul and an animal soul. So the, our godly soul, our divine soul, is a mamesh, a spark of Hashem within ourselves. It's located in the right side of the, of the brain where there's no blood. And then animal soul is, is, um, also comes from God. He infuses it in us. But it's animalistic, it's instinctive, it has, it has an agenda. The other one is godly, only wants to please Hashem. He doesn't want to do anything that goes against Hashem. But the animal soul is in the left ventricle of the, of the heart, where the blood is pumped. And this animal soul, or this ego, as you want to call it, really is something that is given to us by Hashem too. So in reality, the ego is not evil. The animal soul is not an evil thing. It depends how you use it, which will make your actions good or evil. Because the animal soul or the ego or the ego, you can use it for the benefit of the godly neshama. So in the final analysis, it's not. It's not an evil thing. For the cardinal law of reality is that there is none else besides him. This is in Deuteronomy that nothing is contrary to God. Everything comes from Him. Nothing is separate from Him. Shema Israel, Hashem Elokeinu, Hashem Ehad. The same infinite God, Yud Kei is Elokim. Elokim is the God that is embedded in nature. It's the same. So these two energies that vivify us, that give us life, that allow us to be in this body, in this world, are really energies that come from Hashem. It's part of God. One is given to us from the front of Him, from His love for us. The other one is given to us from the hinder part, from the back of Hashem, which is something that He has to put in us. Not that He wants us to be animalistic, but it's a part of us that is important that we should have it in order to be able to have free choice. If we don't have an e ego inside, we would not be able to have free choice. We would be like like robots. So the ego, the sense of self which, which we are born, also derives from Hashem. Indeed, it is a reflection of the divine ego. It's, it's, it's a reflection. It has the same 10 sephirots, are both in the, the godly attributes, are both one in the animal as in the divine soul. And, um, and we all have all these intriquities inside of us, uh, but God knows himself as the only true existence, and we who were created in his image possess an intimation of his sense of self. So when God created man, he said, let us make him in my image. We are made in God's image. But what does this mean? It means that in his attributes, the way he, uh, he reveals himself to us, the way he projects himself in the world with kindness, with mercy, with uh, discipline, with humility, with uh, endurance, all these uh, faculties are embedded in us also. So when we use them 
for God's service, when we use our kindness to do what Hashem wants us to do with our kindness, then we are emulating Hashem. We are created in His image. But this, um, these, uh, these uh, faculties or attributes, as you want to call them, or sefirot, really can be misguided and can be used in the wrong way. So it is not the ego that it's evil, but the divorcing of the ego from its source. When you take away your, your attributes and you make them your own and you're not connected to the source, that's when evil appears in, in the world. So when we recognize our own ego as a reflection of God's ego and make it subservient to his, uh, to subser subservient to him, it becomes the driving force in our efforts to make the world a more godly, better place. But the same ego severed from its source, when you take it away from where it really comes from, can really create a monster. So this explains the, the Lubavitcher Rebbe is the deeper significance of the opening verse of Parashabo in which God commands Moses to come to Pharaoh. Uh, Moses has already been going to Pharaoh for many months, but dealing with Pharaoh uh, in his essence, not as a Pharaoh, as an oppressor of Israel, as a, as a self-styled God, he, but to go to the source of his evil, to go into that chamber in which his ego was completely distorted, uh, that's what really uh, for, for Moshe was a very scary thing to do. So to, to confront Pharaoh quintessences, the naked, that it stems from the very self of God. So what it really was that that point of evilness of Pharaoh really came from Hashem. But it was distorted. That's what happens. It's divorced from its source, but it really comes from God. So Moses did not fear the evil of Pharaoh. If, if God had sent him, God would protect him. Like if God would tell him, go to Pharaoh, and he knows he's evil, he knows God is with him. But God told him to enter into the essence of Pharaoh, and that really made him very scared. Why? Because when you go to that place, you can really see also your, your ego. It's like a mirror image of your also of your ego. So he was terrified. How can a human being behold such a pure manifestation of divine truth, a manifestation, manifestation so sublime that it transcends good and evil and is equally the source of both? So this, the, what's important here to understand is that the source of good and evil in the world is the same. It's one. It's God. It doesn't come from somewhere else. Like there's ideologies or religions that believe that evil come from something different than God, like the devil and God. It's two different entities. Jewish religion believes that everything comes from Hashem. Einod milvado. There's nothing separate from God. Everything is Hashem. So, said God to Moses, come to Paro, come with me, and together we will enter the great serpent's palace. Together we will penetrate the self-worship that is the heart of evil. Together we will discover that there is neither substance nor, nor reality to evil, that all it is is the misappropriation of the divine man. So, God forbid, in this world we see a lot of evil. Uh, this week we were rem was remembrance of, 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 of the Holocaust, and we saw the atrocities that human beings can do to others, 
and it's evil and, and we have to call it by its name it's evil but what we have to understand is that this evil really is a misappropriation of the divine in man this is what it is it's like the source of it comes from the same place where goodness comes from and if this truth is too terrifying for a human being to confront on his own come with me and will guide you i will take you into the innermost chamber of pharaoh's soul until you come face to face with the evil most zealously guarded secret that it does not in truth exist it's a mirage it's a it's not it, we feel it in this world, it's part of our reality, this is how Hashem wants it to be, because this is the way in which the goodness comes out also, if there was no evil, there would be no goodness, if there's no light, there would be no darkness, if there's no good day, there's no bad day, you know, there has to be this paradoxical existence to be able to have these two uh, forces within our lives so we can be able to have free choice if everything would be sunny and happy and, and, and everything would be good then it would not be good because we would never really know what good is uh, to be able to understand goodness we have to uh, to experience evil to be able to say this is right this is wrong so when you learn this secret no evil will ever defeat you when you learn this secret you and your people will be free so i want to wish you a blessed week and remember live a little higher thank you